There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Shot Podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Dyer, and I'm here today with Charles Firth in Sydney. Hello. Uh, we have Dave Milner down in Melbourne. G'day. Unfortunately, Grace Tame is off being Grace and is uh, saving the world in the Northern Territory uh, today, so won't be joining us. But do we have a substitute for her for you? We are delighted um, to have back on the podcast Ronnie Salt. Oh, hello. I don't think I'm any substitute for the glorious Grace, but I hope I surprised. Well, I think <laughs> our, our listeners will be thrilled to hear your dulcet tones today, Ronnie. Um <laughs> With you here, we're going to dive into the article that you published for The Shot this week, uh, which was in typical, beautiful, eloquent uh, Ronnie uh, words, a takedown of the opposition leader, the politician that's never there, uh, Peter Dutton, on holiday this week, it seems, um, conveniently. uh, But he seems to be doing yet another attempt to reinvent himself. Um, so that we can forget the 22 years that he's been in public life and he can be Mr Happy Friendly Peter Dutton, um, ex-Queensland police and not racist, horrific, (laughs) (laughs) um, soulless Peter Dutton. Do you think it's working? Refugee child, torturer Peter Dutton. Yeah, not not that, no. He's the man who who loves families. (laughs) You've got him wrong. You've only got to watch his video. I mean, look at him. He's, you know, he he barbecues with his Mm. family and... Chases his cattle around. What more is there to ask about him? You wouldn't want to judge him on his actions or his words. You should judge him on his softly lit YouTube videos. Well, he's entered that territory that that you know territory that many, many, many male politicians long before him have entered, which is to um, when times are tough, drag out the wife and kids, and drag out the friends, and go and have a beer, and you know whatever yeah. else. Jenny and the Jen girls. Jenny and the girls, exactly. Um, you know, even Bob Hawke. Bob Hawke liked to, you know, mind you, Hazel Hawke was very, very popular. Um, but, you know, th- they all do it. But it's, it was interesting that it seemed to be, when I was researching the article, there seemed to be a bit of a coordinated attack on that week. You know, there were lots of articles about how Peter Dutton had arrived. And uh, <laughs> I think I mentioned one in the article, which I found unintentionally hilarious, which was that... Um, Peter Dutton will be the uh, the next Prime Minister of Australia, which I thought was incredibly yeah. optimistic. Very optimistic, one would have to say, when one looks at his tanking uh, poll numbers, despite the way that they're spun by the likes of Simon Benson. Um, he continues to be oh, languishing at the bottom of kind of Mr Asterix almost. Dear old Simon, yeah. Look, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 not that he's, he's done anything unusual, I suppose, in doing that, although, mind you, it is a, a very uh, expensive, glossy, uh, sort of video. It's more the more the fact why. That's what I found interesting, though. Like it is a very very ex- like it was well produced. You and I talked about this when we were talking about the piece. Um, 
I don't think it will matter very much because we are talking about a man that's been in public life for a very long time and has a track record of just being an asshole. And I, I mean, the, the the last time he did a really significant PR push resulted in that I'm not a monster front page, which is if you're if you're saying that and that's your re- try, attempt to redefine yourself, you are starting from well behind the start. Yeah, line. if that's you know your big mean? selling point, <laughs> you clearly don't have much. With which to burnish your <laughs> reputation. It was starting from the fact that, you know, could bring Wi-Fi to say I'm, I'm not a monster. No, I think you you took you a reference, was it you or Charles, that just said then, you know, Jen and the girls. Um, I know that was, a, you know, a great trick of Morrison's Jen and the girls, Jen and the girls, but the core... The core issue with all of this frippery about sitting in a beer, having a beer with someone or, you know, going down the shop and having a coffee or whatever it is, that has zero relevance to their to the policies and procedures that they enact as a politician on behalf mm. of Australia and behalf of the nation. So I don't give a bugger how nice Peter Dutton is to his dog. And I don't care. Obviously, his wife thinks he's wonderful. I mean, you know, you know, one plus one equals two kind of thing. But as, as we referenced with Jen and the girls, there was a, there was so much that went on with Scott Morrison's <coughs> wife and um, Scott Morrison's daughters, who I, I firmly believe children should be kept out of things anyway. But the, the fact that um, none of that really had any relevance mm. to I... to any of the any of the decisions that they made. So what if he's yeah. nice to his wife? No. So what? No, but... He's still locking up. But isn't, no, for me, I thought it was a bit newsworthy because I thought it was incredible that anyone would like Scott Morrison. Like, like, like even his wife. Like, like that to me was why it was front page news. It was like, no, no, there is actually somebody who likes him. Like, honestly. Like really, honestly, does only like three people. Scott Morrison. That's the headline. But this is where, this is where I think you're onto something, right? Which is, I don't understand why Peter Dutton... Like, clearly he's not going to win on I'm a nice guy, I'm not a monster. Like, like it's sort of... Is it, isn't it? all the stuff he's done too far gone yeah. now? He, he needs he, to own being a monster yes, and try to be a better monster. Marketing 101 is you lean into whatever you, your true essence is. And so you go, yeah, I'm an evil monster. I'm the tough guy but I will who be your up. evil monster. Yeah, I'll be your evil monster. You're like... You don't mm. want to be me, but you, you know, because I think Australia had that a little bit with John Howard, where they didn't particularly Definitely. like him. They thought he was really mean, but um, he was sort of mean on our behalf. I mean, just can we note parenthetically was wheeled out again by the Australian this week, John <laughs> Howard, on the occasion of his eighty-fourth birthday. And if there's anything worse, perhaps, than watching the video of <laughs> Peter Dutton, it was reading an interview between Janet Albrecht and. <laughs> And John oh Howard uh, saying oh yet God, again Joe, all of his. Joe, what are you doing to I your know, mental health? I know, I like know. But it's saying all again his normal Twitter. kind of racist motifs, as if mm. somehow by being older and more doddery, he's going to have transformed into someone who has anything relevant at all to say about Indigenous rights and the voice. Let us recall this was the man who hectored the delegates of the Reconciliation Convention rather than delivering a national apology. And I think his key achievement in indigen- in the Indigenous portfolio was to set the army onto communities <laughs> in the central <laughs> desert. So I don't know why we're listening to him on this. But anyway, that was just a little aside as we'll get back to, to Dutton, who it is interesting to note is actually on leave this week on holidays and so has not yet had to answer to all of the allegations coming out of the Nine Press 
about the fact that on his watch, none of this is surprising, but actually now there does seem to be documentary evidence that on his watch, massive bribes were paid to the Pacific politicians who were overseeing our gulags. Mm. And so there was yet again a transfer of Australian taxpayers' uh, dollars to, you know, really egregious kind mm. of and over like overflowing bank accounts for people to keep that kind of concentration camp turning over. So mm. it'll be interesting to see if he will have to answer to that and if Labor can actually learn lay a glove on him for, you know, what should be a really easy knockout blow, but ones that Labor never seemed to, to quite be able to land. Do you think that's going to happen though? Do you think somebody's going to chase him through a car park or, you know, uh, like, do, do you think he's, I'm, I'm not, mm. yeah. I'm, no, I don't <laughs> think they will. And, and I wonder, Ronnie, perhaps it'd be great to get your insight on this. Do you think that part of that is obviously that the media do seem to amplify anything um, critical of the government or before that when the Labor Party were in opposition um, as opposed to the Conservatives? And obviously that's because, you know, we've got Murdoch, we've got Nine, we've got um, West Media, all of whom have a Conservative bent, if not agenda. Or do you think it is that we're so inured to the horrors that really were... Um, the detention centres in the Pacific and that we're just not surprised because actually we did deep down know that this stuff was going on all along Mm. and we just accepted it Mm. and it became normalised within the political environment and discourse so that now that it's coming out with documentary evidence, it's like a bit of a shrug of the shoulders because we knew this all along. Yes, all of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the last bit especially. Uh, because one of the things, um, that, you know, I was going to say when I first um, opened up the media in the last few days and read all of that was exactly what you said, you know, a shrug of the shoulders and so what? Mm. Because I'm not sure the impact is going to be as large as Nine Facts would like it to be, purely mm. because that's something that's been out in the public sphere for a while, mm. that the whole show was dodgy. Uh, yeah. I mean, even as recently, as we, you know, we see the Albanese government continuing on with that. Uh, um, I think that's part of a reason but, but, as well why Dutton won't be pursued too stridently on this. It's extremely bipartisan, yeah. this policy of, mm. of gulags, basically. And it's it's not that surprising that our offshore prison camps for foreign children are fleeing war aren't run to the highest meticulous ethical standards, is it? Well, see, here's a question. I think it was was a month or two ago. um, uh, There were a number of people on social media having a discussion and one of them who came out and and, um, questioned the fact that there had been a budget allocation of $345 million made for the um, refugee camps, asylum seekers camps in Nauru. Now, essentially, there's nobody there in the asylum. It was a $345 million. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going from memory. Now, uh, nobody's there and the camp is closed, essentially. I mean, you know, when I say it's closed, obviously the facilities are still there and I'm sure there's a lonely, you know, um, custodian wandering around checking the fences or what have you. But uh, when you talk about that annual sum of $345 million, what you're actually talking about is payola to the Nauru mm. government. Yes. yes. Let's be honest. Mm. It's not, It's not. there's no one there. It's not going to food. It's not going to security guards. It's not going to cleaners. Nothing is happening. Absolutely nothing is happening. That money is going towards appeasing the Nauru government, mm. who within their own um, parliament actually come forward and say that tourism 
and the Australian, um, I forget what they call it, you know, the Australian Asylum Seeker Industry or what have you, are their two main sources of income. Mm. So, and that's the old Queensland government doing that. So, yes, you're mm. right. It's, 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 and they've signed up to it. So it's, it's not something that's a surprise, particularly to people who've been following these types of things. So whether it has any major impact, who knows, because it doesn't have that cut through. It's not like, oh, my God. Who would have thought? But it is know, interesting is because, I mean, some of that money went directly from the owner of Paladin to his mother. He paid him $1.2 million. (laughs) And initially that was invoiced for (laughs) consulting services. And when that was uncovered through um, investigation, he went, oh, no, that was a mistake. Yeah, no, it was just a gift. There is this sort of, again, this direct transfer (laughs) of public money to private profits, um, whether it goes to the Nauru politicians and much of it did, or actually directly into the bank accounts of the owners of these very dodgy companies. And let's remember that at the time they were being awarded like literally multi, multi-million dollar companies. One mm. of them had, you know, its yeah. registered office in a shack in on Kangaroo Island. Yes. And so all of this stuff which has been swirling around for so long is now being documented yes. through um, the nine papers. And, and surely the NAC at least can investigate this, even if that's not going to be yeah. the, you know. And, and I wouldn't underestimate the power of a yarn. Like I... I tend to agree that Australians sort of, there is a sort of shrug of the shoulder element to it, but we like our bastardry to be done with a bit of plausible deniability. Like what we don't want (laughs) is it to be completely explicit. Like as soon as we find out that the dodgy person who we elected repeatedly was actually dodgy, we then go, oh, no, that was terrible. Well, we don't like that. Right. And... And there's some great yarns coming out about this Dutton stuff. The the best one for me was when the AFP went and briefed Peter Dutton as Home Affairs Minister a couple of months beforehand and said, this guy, this particular guy is the Dodge Fest, right? Like, he is corrupt, right? And then a couple of months later, Dutton's own ministry goes, okay, he's the guy, right? And it's almost like, like, just from a storytelling perspective... Like, the AFP, like, I think that there were two conversations going on. Like, the AFP were going, you know, this guy's dodgy. And with the subtext, you probably shouldn't deal with him. And <laughs> and Dutton was hearing, this guy's dodgy. Yeah. He's the one. They found him. They found the right guy. <laughs> no, that's Thanks exactly for headhunting him. And what's yeah. more is that. It I seems mean, clear that these were all verbal briefings and mm. that came out yet again, ah, um, yes. both through this oh, briefing but mm. also the the doctor who was working on Nauru and he was yes. he was basically has now blown the whistle on the fact that he was told you're not supposed to put any of these things no. in writing. So you just see this kind of multifarious layers of bastardry. But I think that's actually bastardry. fair enough because if they put it in writing, PwC would have got their hands on it at some <laughs> point and then sold it to somebody but else. That is true. So This is, what, this I mean, is a relevant point, Charles. Like the other <laughs> reason this impact is damaged, is like muted, is because it is literally just the way the entire world works at the moment where public money is funneled off to private hands in increasingly dodgy, increasingly gobsmacking fashion. I like, know, but I mean, I have to just... say, like, this idea that from the head of Paladin literally just transferred $1.2 million of our money into his mum's bank account <laughs> is just like, while she also was working for Home Affairs, mm. um, it's just like, I'm oh, just, my God. Maybe I'm and, too and also, cynical. I assume that's happening all the fucking time. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, but, that, <laughs> but that's, the level of cynicism is not actually... 
useful? Like, isn't isn't a, a sort of more useful thing to say? And isn't it a missed opportunity that Labor didn't actually bother to hold these crooks to account and be able to get into power three years earlier because they actually did their homework and showed people who were just blatantly being crooks to be crooks. You know, like, don't you think, like, I know... Yeah, but Charles, you're missing the point. They've got to have their little moment to be crooks. I do think that would... they're going after each other for it... If they had basically blown the whistle on these crooks who were involved with this kind of shameful policy that was taking place uh, in on the Pacific Islands, then the whole thing would have unravelled. Mm. And I, nobody wanted to do that and they all thought the political cost of doing that would be too high. I refuse to believe that uh, the majority of our parliament gets into public office to basically make hay and be corrupt, right? Like, oh, no, I, I agree actually with you think they, they do go in there. And then a culture clearly from the coalition executive emerged, which was just deeply corrupt, but they, they sort of took hold of, of those measures of power and I think it was a sort of a crack unit of corruption that was running the whole government. Yeah, you're right, that was terrible. But I just do not – I refuse to believe that the current government – wants to make their own sort of thing. In fact, in fact, I would say they're annoyingly the other way around where everything has to be a process rather than let's actually <laughs> stop climate changes and all that. It's like, no, we've got to go through a 10-year transition project where we listen to industry stakeholders and yeah, yeah. not do anything ever. Trying to upset nobody while the world burns. Yeah, exactly. So, Well, we shall see um, whether or not they make this. I mean, because it is the leader of the opposition who was the minister responsible when yes. all of this was taking place. So mm. there should be but, much political capital that can be made of this but um, he, whilst doing the right thing. But his wife loves him. <laughs> and he is not a monster. And, and he's not a and monster. And cows. Don't forget the cows. Yeah, his cows Well, we, sh- we yeah. shall see. <laughs> when he gets back from leave, I think next week it is, um, uh, yeah. shortly before he then appears on Kitchen Cabinet. With, uh, our wow. They've really got done everything, haven't they? Yeah. They've, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I was saying. There's a real, there's a real PR drive going on there. I mean, he's going Whole to. God knows he's he... going to show us his apple pie recipe, and you know, I mean, I can't wait. I just can't wait. We should, we should <laughs> launch a, we should launch a second podcast called Softball, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and invite him on that. I have heard, though, in relation to his appearance on Kitchen Cabinet, is that. Initially, he was being Mr. Charming, Mr. Witty, uh, and everybody was being a bit disconcerted. Um, but then when it did get into the policy, he couldn't help himself and he turned right back into the enormous cunt that we know him to be. Ah, right. You yeah, know, because <laughs> it is true. Like, I, I know a couple of restaurant owners up in Canberra um, and they say out of all the politicians, and they said we hate Peter Dutton, but out of all the politicians, he's by far the nicest and most charming. He go. comes in, he's very charismatic. So. Yeah, he saves his yeah. appalling behaviour yeah. for those who uh, suffer under his policies. <laughs> um, so, Is that right, Charles? I'm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, and, yeah, and, yeah, that's, yeah. And he's, guess he's who the rudest popular. is? Guess who the rudest person is? 
Penny Wong. Oh, gosh, there's a big field. Yeah, No, Penny Wong apparently is very rude, very abrupt with all the staff. Oh, I think that's just because she's quite aloof and she keeps distance. I what? don't think she would be intentionally rude. But how is it received by the people working yeah. for her? Yeah, no, that's exactly. Yeah, I, I'm sure she's just thinking about more important matters, but it's still, <laughs> sure. you know, it's still... Like, that's like just foreign the policy. Human, yeah. Nuclear war, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. It's interesting, Charles, that you make that point because, um, yes, the people um, the people I may or may not know uh, inside the Federal Liberal Party all say that he's quite popular. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that was um, the thing that we've referenced before is that when the leadership, you know, before poor old Josh lost his seat, um, there is that sense that everybody thought Josh was a nice guy mm. um, and Dutton was an asshole. whereas actually personality-wise, Dutton is supposed to be quite charming and Josh very thin-skinned and brittle. Mm. Um, but from a policy point of view, obviously one is marginally worse than the other um, of a poor mm-hmm. You can't be a childhood ten- tennis star and not be an asshole. Is that but a that rule? That's actually a rule. Yeah, yeah right. It's the John McEnroe rule of... <laughs> Especially an Australian tennis childhood star. Yeah, well. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it was a man yeah, who's been it, disappointed a... early by not going on yes, to be number exactly. one in the world. So he's... he's he's a man in waiting to Josh Frydenberg, but that's a whole other issue. Look, that is a whole other issue. I, I will be interested to see if he um if he bothers to to run again. We'll we'll, we'll be waiting for him too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The other big news of this week for those of us who remain, you know, we are the last holdout still on Twitter, uh, was to see our dear little bird disappear. It literally from one second to the next, the little bird was gone and we have this, you know, rather ominous looking X. Is that the last straw for us on Twitter, do we think? And I'm looking at... um, with Ronnie uh, and Dave, both of whom have, you know, painstakingly and through your own Twitter activism and more general engagement online have built really large followings. And I, I think that's that's the challenge, isn't it, for trying to find um, substitutes, whether mm. through threads or, you know, Blue Sky or wherever. Mastodon seems to have just quietly gone away, <laughs> I note. Um, that you're basically having to sort of start all over again Um with building followers, albeit with much more name recognition than perhaps at the start of our Twitter adventures. Um, What do you think? I think it's an important lesson that you do need to own as much of your own channels as possible because the Mm. whims of a, you know, insecure billionaire could take that away from you at any given moment. And I think that's, that's a key reminder because what's happening at Twitter is, you know, in, in a lot of senses, it's irrational. It's like you've bought a brand that has... X value. I mean, you've worked steadily at chipping away at that value, <laughs> but it is still valuable. And then to change it completely into something that a coked up marketing executive in the late 90s would come up with after like 
fucking rollerblading into work is bonkers. <laughs> I can see that marketing executive. I think I used to work for them. <laughs> the ponytail, little ponytail at the back. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God, remember really that. proactive and that sort of vibe. And it's what it will do to that community is just going to be interesting. What it has definitely done is destroyed the natural flow of conversation on Twitter. That was one of the things that I think was the genius of it was that someone would say something, someone would say something interesting, the interesting stuff would get responded to, the boring stuff would get ignored. And in that way, it sort of mirrored a natural conversation of drunk people in a pub. Mm. Yeah. And then you, you change that system where you're allowing the uninteresting people that never get listened to to get paid to get listened to. <laughs> and it completely derails the conversation because mm. you have to scroll down for the first interesting thing. And by that point, yeah. because Twitter has already rotted your attention span, you've lost interest <laughs> and then it just dies. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a really interesting dilemma. Um I mean, we still call it Twitter. I actually prefer the um, Chinese pronounce, um, you know, pronunciation of it. I like the X I double T E R. The shita. Shita. Yeah. 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 G. You know, I, I like that. I think we should morph into that. But yeah, it is really interesting. You're talking about, you know, your own channels and and how you should sort of own and look forward to because it's it's a real dilemma, Joe. Because I can't talk about specifically some of the things where. I know um, I've had an impact on, on, on uh, there are things that, that I've said and, um, and tweeted about and threads and so on, on on Twitter where I absolutely know they've had an impact because um, the information's been given back to me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and um, yeah, it won't go into a whole range of reasons, but it's a, it's, a, it's a, once you do have a voice and once you work out how to drive that voice and that power, you you can have quite an impact yeah. if, if you want to. I'm not talking about, you know, obviously changing the world or what have you. No, but, but in its own way, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you listen to and what have you. So it's, it's, a, it's a very re- reluctant choice, you, can, um, you know, we're having to make because, um, you know, I don't know what's wrong with Elon Musk. I won't even begin to try and understand, I mean, take a psychology degree and then some but it is it's very difficult to try and make those choices and walk away because on the on the one hand you're you know you're making an impact and you're you're saying things and helping things and what have you um and then you turn around and think to yourself why am i here with this sort of emerald mining incel who's you know i think the last <laughs> thing i saw he was tweeting about vaccines or something rather causing the death of some u.s basketball sons you know 18 oh. year old oh yes lebron I mean, james's son had the heart attack i think they were trying to blame that on yeah yeah and he was casting vaccines. aspersions about whether it was or wasn't or not due to the vaccine and an 18 year old boy he didn't know it you know i mean it's it's just shit yeah it's, it's just i mean the yeah. man the man just He's, his mouth just spouts ass gravy. And so I've got no, you know, I've got I've got no idea what his agenda is. I think I've got a suspicion what his agenda is. Um, and certainly on the surface, he appears to be wanting to create this sort of, you know, multi-platform channel. But there's there's certainly a few other sort of agendas at play behind the scene. But Well, and there's absolutely, there's precious little evidence to suggest, given that all he seems to be doing is tearing things down and actually devaluing and disrupting the service that, Twitter was providing, the idea that he's competent enough or has the patience enough to build up this take over the world kind of WeChat for the West kind of world where, you know, you've got financial. Why would we trust financial details to the 
you know, Twitter 3.0 or whatever but it becomes uh, when uh, so much of it is already kind of grinding to an incompetent <laughs> halt. But, but I, think, yeah. I think you're mistaking him wanting to do it with saying that he wants to do it because I think what Elon has forever depended on, his business model is not capitalist accumulation like you sort of, you know, we've had for 150 years where you mix labour with capital and then you create a surplus and then reinvest that money. What his business model has always been, for all his projects, has been pump and dump capitalism, where you create a vision of something where you raise a whole lot of money around the expectation that that could be incredibly valuable and... And that's actually that's the that's the whole game. Yeah. And as long as you keep coming up with something more and more extreme and more and more big, like with the X while acquiring app government thing, grants on mass. Yeah. Well. It, but with yes. the X with the X yeah. app, it's hilarious. He said that oh the the potential market value the potential market value should be based on the fact that we'll own half of all transactions in the world, right? And so, like, and so you go on a risk reward ratio. It is completely rational for an investor to go, well, Elon has pulled things out of his ass before. Even if there's a one in 1,000 chance of that winning, actually putting $10 billion into the chance at owning essentially the world, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know. Sort of actually, yeah, exactly. Sort of yeah. Doctor Evil. Type For the record, Charles thing. did the evil pinky and, up to me. And, and I think, and I think with with Twitter, what he's done, and, and it, it's very crypto, right? Like it's a it's a totally. sort of crypto thing of it doesn't matter that there's no underlying value to any of these crypto coins, like Dogecoin and stuff like that. It's just like you create a sort of adrenaline hit that everyone pays attention to, and so that it goes up, and then you take the money out while everyone's attention is there and then you just come up with something else to make it, mm. you know, give it attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's happening with Twitter. He's replaced a sustain because I read this really interesting thing by somebody who used to monetize, like worked out how to monetize YouTube's community properly, right? We, and that is a sustainable business model. It's all based on, well, the, we know what how much value each you know, creator creates for the platform and will give them enough of a cut that they can keep doing it sustainably. Whereas Twitter has done these essentially airdrops of money to all these Nazis, basically. Um, And it it was this really interesting thing saying they are... Those are not sustainable drops of money. Elon is not making $40,000 out of the sort of ship That's not an ongoing plan. It's quite clearly hype to sell more subscriptions. Mm. And the other thing it's doing is... Like it's it's turning know, it into a lottery. Strong. It's it's turning it like it's, I it's had doing that. People but, asking but no, but me that is enticing to the human mind, though. Like it's that random nature of reward that most hooks people mm. to any platform. That's how slot machines work. Yeah. So that's what that's. That's the enticement to the brain. And the other part of it is, is that the people that he is paying money to, people like Ian Miles Chong, who, you know, isn't a Nazi, but he is a, like a primary school tier right wing troll. He is like, he's very much buying their allegiance in the culture war for whatever Twitter becomes. He is buying mm. 
I mean, imagine if a journal, imagine if I was accepting $16,000 and then writing about the guy that gave me $16,000. Like you would have so much right to tell me to shut the fuck up and not read a word I said. Mm. And these are the people that will shape the discourse around whether the new Twitter is good or not. And they're literally being paid right now to not explicitly to say it's good, but they will. So and I think, too, I think, too, the bar for that is very high. I'm, the, I, got a, I got a very nice email from um, Shitter uh, asking me if I wanted to um, become a paid content provider and, you know, all of these wonderful things. And all I had to do was have a minimum of 5 million impressions per month. So that... But you might, you do that. I'm sure I, I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't go here. I do get five minutes. Sign up, right? But um, but I mean that's 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 not achievable for you know ninety nine point nine percent of of the general user base of, of Twitter. So that's yeah. one of the first things is that you know they're they're talking about their their wonderful <laughs> you know business model and how you can get paid for content and so on. But almost you know I don't know how many worldwide users there are of Twitter, but that it would be in the hundreds of millions, would it? Two hundred million. Yeah. I mean that's just not the reality for most people who use it so yeah it's 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 not sustainable it's a public relations exercise or what have you but yeah. And, and it's certainly the not thing. the reality for most people that are paying for Twitter Blue, which is the precursor. Mm. And, you know, most of those accounts are very low quality, very low engagement. Well, that's just the mark of the fuckwit now, isn't it? No, <laughs> it's no, the mark of the fuckwit. I mean, it, to me, it's just like it's like a big, it's like a big news. Kick me sign. Yeah, it's a yeah, red flag it's a right there. Sort of thing. Look, I've got some good friends on Twitter who who are good, really good, decent people uh, and great users of the platform who have paid for their blue tick. Uh, so. Purely because they want to um, dig in and not give in and not secede to, you know, they, they realise mm. that their influence is going to wane. Um, and certainly I toyed with the idea for a while too until, you know, I went and looked at Elon Musk's latest tweet and then I decided perhaps. Well, I think that <laughs> that is the thing and I, I, I ask of you two particularly, Dave and Ronnie, do you think you will be there until the ship really goes down um, for all of the reasons that we've just talked about and not the least of which as well because, you know, we there is within the wider um, Twitter usage, there are now important communities um, that we've all forged, yeah. um, links. Yeah. I've, you know, we've all made friends on Twitter that have then crossed over into relationships in mm. real life. Um, it, it's, Absolutely. It's, there's that, I, there is I, that I dual thing of like, never... as you say, Ronnie, uh, you... On the one hand, you don't want to lose that. And you want to dig in and say, fuck you, Elon Musk. Mm. You're not going to kill this for us. But then on the other hand, you read his latest tweet and you think, what are we still doing here? I think I just need to like detach a little bit emotionally and manage it differently. I can't walk away from a car crash that's happening. I'm inherently interested in car crashes. It's just something my brain does. So I will be there as it sinks. I I, I never considered paying for the blue tick, mostly for like hyper embarrassment reasons, <laughs> but also you know principle. Um, I just think it's I just think it's lame. There's not even a high moral principle. I just think it's kind of fucking lame. So I will suffer the um, the loss in engagement and all of that sort of thing. Like I'll just I don't I just don't care. It's, it is interesting though. Every time I write about Twitter, I see a very natural. It runs away. It spikes, and then about fifteen minutes after that, it gets throttled, and it's very. It's quite noticeable. It's an interesting thing oh. that we'll have to manage. And then the other, the other thing is that, that that at this stage there isn't 
there isn't a strong viable alternative. No. I mean, if, if Meta and Zuckerberg had their uh, act together, threads would have all, you know, threads would be well on the way to killing Twitter. Uh, but and, and who knows, that transition may still happen. Uh, I think you've got to give threads at least 12 months. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how many people jumped on there, particularly uh, legitimate uh, journalists, celebrities, you know, mainstream organisations. I think uh, Oprah's, even Oprah's. And, and it's interesting to see that these people are kind of playing like they used to play on Twitter. There's definitely a lighter mood over there. Yes. And that might actually be the thing that helps it because like you actually do need to want to spend time on these platforms and i find that every time i hop on twitter it does not improve my mood it does no. not improve anxiety but levels. the thing that threads, threads has a different effect what it needs to do really quickly is that it needs to develop a desktop version so for journalists and so mm-hmm. on who are actually working on their computers like just nipping mm. onto twitter for a while is really straightforward yeah. when there's a desktop version Definitely. but as if not more importantly it needs a hashtag facility where you can follow yes. conversations because a lot mm. of twitter some of the best times I've had is when we're all watching the same mm. AFL game, when we're all getting stuck yeah. into the, whoever's being interviewed by David Spears on um, Insiders. <laughs> you know, these are really yes. important functions that at the moment um, threads and no one that, you know, Macedon didn't have it. Like there's there's no one that seems to be able to replicate that experience as yet. And it mm. needs to happen quickly before we lose interest, lose interest because threads certainly seem to, to me... I think it just tied to that as a result chrono- of the, chronology of the yeah, platform. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's also a fundamental misunderstanding of, of or, or whether there is or not, whether they know this and, and they're just choosing to ignore it. But the the um, the functionality of the the two platforms, you know, Instagram is is visually based. Yeah, and uh, visually based, and people add some and some pretty words to it, or what have you. And a lot of people bag the gram and say, oh, it's full of you know duck lipped, um, you know. Botox people or what have you, but there's some there's some really interesting activism that's happening um, on on Insta as well. Not necessarily a great deal, but it's not a text based format. No. And when you were talking about the desktop version, Joe, you're exactly right. One of the things that really stops me from diving into threads full time is that um, you know I, I can sometimes write threads that total you know two three thousand words, and uh, I'll be stuffed if I'm going to be sitting there on my yeah. mobile doing that. Doing it with your thumbs. Um, or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not old enough to own an iPad yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to turn into an iPad user. So there's a, and you're right, I mean, some of the best times um, that I've ever enjoyed in on, on Twitter have been, you know, collectively bagging Barnaby Joyce when he's appearing on Q&A or something. Yeah. Insiders. I mean, you know, moments of high hilarity so yeah and you can't do that without having some sort of joint hashtag and some sort of uh you know base community where you can where you can meet each other and chinwag about Mm. that and so there seems to be a lack of understanding of what threads is about and i was alarmed to see that the ceo of threads in the first day or two that it opened talked about the fact that they wanted threads to be uh, less about uh, politics and activism and interaction and more about discussing Fashion. Yeah. Did you see that? I post? did see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, it, what? Ridiculous. <laughs> and like how to kind of, you know, deflate yes. an entire like new yes. potential market for you within, you know, what was that, 27 words? Mm. Just ridiculous. But I think the thing is, is that they can't control what people do with it, but yes. we need to have the functionality to be able to engage in in the way that we, we really want to and the way that was so valuable for Twitter. Well, you know, like we just never seem to get bored talking about Twitter. 
Twitter, mm. um, even as the car crash keeps on happening. Uh, you're right, Dave. A um, lot of car crashes in slow motion and let's hope that um, Peter Dutton's leadership continues to be oh, so. Maybe people will just go back to reading books. <laughs> Some of us never stopped reading books, <laughs> Charles. We just don't read well, the, them as much. The uh, the latest uh, book scan figures would say that you're wrong. Oh, oh it's well, been but a disastrous well, six months for. Oh, really? The last yes. but, but what yes. book talk as well? About, are you talking about physical books? Or yes, are you physical about books, books, bookstore books. Oh, bookstore books. Yeah, but there's just you know there's you a know huge. About them? I mean, yeah. <laughs> What's that? See, Dave owns a book. See, yeah, I've got, I have a book. Look, yeah, yeah, and Harry halfway through stolen he's focus. Got, he's got a book. I, I've got one or two books myself. The, so physical <laughs> books are um, <laughs> physical books are, are, are sort of passe. Is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, it's literally talking to um, the CEO of Schwartz Media actually, because oh. um, the Chaser and the Shot published through them. Uh, yeah, she was just saying it's a disastrous. Oh, disastrous. It's been a disastrous six months, six months for, for booksellers like across the board. Like, oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm doing my bit, um, much to my partnership. Not reading them, but they buying just, them. Yeah, 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 so that's not digital, though, because I've, I've probably, God knows. I, I, I've, oh, yeah. I uh, Amazon's getting all our money. Yeah. Well, don't <laughs> buy from Amazon. Go out, support your local independent bookstore. Mm. Yes. Um, Buy more. I'm certainly buy a copy of the short anthology volume. Yeah, because there's lots of great writing in there, just not anything by me. Um. Oh fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, buy dozens of the short anthology and send them to your family and friends. Yes, like like, like I did. (laughs) Uh, Or buy lots of copies of the Voice Handbook by Thomas Mayo and Kerry O'Brien and disseminate them wildly, which I have been doing through the little and lovely illustrations by Kathy Wilcox. Absolutely lovely. Um, And a very quick plug for myself. Oh yes, just wait another couple of months and buy. Thousands of copies of my novel. I am very excited about your novel. Is it um, coming Ronnie? out this year? Um, I don't think so. Not, no, not, yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I doubt it. I've been. T- <laughs> well, it, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, well you've been tantalising us with little excerpts on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I think there's a whole very enthusiastic <laughs> readership waiting to rush out and buy that one. So we will <laughs> yeah, happily I'm, promote I might that. Listen on social media. Who knows? But yeah, mm. quick plug. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> Look for that. Look this for isn't that. the ABC. Go nuts, Giles. You've just launched the show. Oh, I see. Pre-sales available now. (laughs) Uh, On that note, uh, thank you all very much for listening to us for one more week and we look forward to coming back again uh, next week. Yep. See you soon. Bye. Thanks. Our gear is from Road. We are part of the Iconoclast Network. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.